hello, everybody, and welcome to Cliss's Mic Drop Podcast, the debut version here. I'm Mike Cliss, uh, Broncos Insider is what they call me with Nine News, and we'll be talking about the Broncos, of course, uh, every Friday on Cliss's Mic Drop. I hope you in, uh, enjoy the show. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, basically talk about the events of the week uh, for the Denver Broncos. Then we're going to give you the sit-down interview audio that uh, we had with a Broncos player that will be showed also on Game Day Live on uh, Sunday mornings or the, uh, yes, Sunday mornings before the next Broncos game. And then we'll wrap it up with some more thoughts about the uh, the upcoming game. So today we'll be talking about Broncos Raiders. and uh, But first, I think we're going to talk about the stadium deal that occurred on Wednesday. Nine News broke the story for you as the Broncos have a 21, the Broncos and the Denver Metropolitan Stadium Football District. I think I got a couple of names out of order there. But uh, this football stadium district and the Broncos have a 21-year contract with Empower Retirement. It's going to be called the new, not the new stadium, it's a 19-year-old stadium, but it's going to be called Empower Empower Field at Mile High. And uh, to give you an idea of uh, uh, where, how long 21 years is, uh, Joe Flacco, the Broncos' 34-year-old quarterback, he will have qualified for the 55 and older senior discount at Denny's. Uh, and McDonald's. He can get a senior coffee at McDonald's uh, 21 years from now. So uh, John Elway will be 80 years old uh, 21 years from now. I uh, didn't put that in the story. Didn't want to Didn't want to bring that up to John. But that's how long this uh, contract with Empower Stadium, uh, Empower Retirement, I should uh, say, as far as the stadium name goes. I think it's a, it's a good deal. The Broncos, I think we're at, uh, trying to get more money. Uh, you know, I was hearing north of $10 million a year. I think they got something uh, very close to what they had previously with Sports Authority, which is about $6 million a year. And you divide that, not quite in half. The district gets uh, $3 million of that. The Broncos get a little less. So not quite uh, $6 million a year is the way I understand it uh, as far as the deal. But I like the name Empower. If uh, if you don't mind, I I, I think it's a, it's a real good name as long as they dropped retirement uh, from the name Empower Field. I think it's a uh, <clears throat> it's a marvelous name that goes with a football stadium. So that's what uh, that's what the Broncos have, and that's uh it's big for Joe Ellis. I think this week when you consider first of all the Bill Bolin lawsuit, the brother of Pat Bolin had sued Joe Ellis and two other trustees who are running the Pat Bolin Trust, Rich Slifka and Mary Kelly. That uh, lawsuit was dismissed in its entirety uh, by an Arapahoe County district judge. So that was uh, that was good news. Uh, there's been I know there's been talk of some other stuff out there, but uh, I think it's still pretty much going in the favor of the trust. They still have uh, NFL arbitration uh, on the ownership dispute uh, between the trustees and Beth Bolin and Amy Clemmer the two older sisters, and um, I think we'd um, all be surprised if the NFL uh, didn't side with uh, Joe Ellis, who's been uh, really uh, working with the top-level officials in the NFL for over 20 years. So a big week for Joe Ellis to get this uh, stadium out of the way. All right, so that's the, that's off-field business. Good news for Joe Ellis. Now about those Raiders and how the Broncos are going to beat the Raiders. I would say 
Joe Ellis would be the first to say he's not going to thump his chest or celebrate or pop the champagne uh, when the bottom line to the Broncos franchise is they were 5-11 and and 6-10 and the last two years. And uh, they made many changes during the offseason to try to fix that. And one of them was Dalton Reisner, a rookie, a second-round rookie out of Kansas State and Wiggins, Colorado, which is about uh, 35 miles uh, northeast here on uh, beautiful Interstate 76. Anybody who's uh, uh, traveled from the Midwest via car knows you take uh, um, 25 to 76, 76 over to I-80 and on through the heartland of America. And um, uh, along uh, Wiggins there, there's a nice uh, stub, uh, stub Oil a gas station where they have the best chicken tenders in all of Colorado according to Dalton Reisner. He will make his NFL debut. He's a second-round rookie. And his first practice, they started him at left guard. A little surprise because he was a three-year starting right tackle at Kansas State. And uh, I think you'll uh, enjoy this interview from uh, Dalton Reisner as we talk about his matchup against the Raiders. Big Jonathan Hakins, who goes 350-plus, anchors the middle for the Raiders. Uh, We talk about Bill Snyder, his coach at Kansas State, and the uh, similarities he has to Vic Fangio. They are much more than than you might think. And... um, and then finally, we wrap up by talking about Dalton, the, the stress and the pressure of actually uh, being a small-town uh, kid uh, playing for the home state team and, and the pressures that go along with it. And uh, I tell you what, he's not fretting about it. He's embracing it. So here on uh, Cliss's Mic Drop, let's listen now to my interview I had earlier this week with Broncos starting left guard and rookie Dalton Reisner. Jonathan Hakins? Did you ever have a guy like Jonathan Hakins? He's 350, 360, 370 pounds. You got to move him first game? Yeah, he's a big boy, and yeah. that's that's the NFL, though. That's going to yeah. be every week. I feel like every week you're going to have a guy like that. One guy, either you've watched him growing up, yeah. or he's a guy that's been dominating the NFL, and he's a big man like that. So I'm, I'm excited for the challenge. How's it been going as you transition? You, you have a double transition, mm-hmm. one from college to the pros, the other – I mean, everyone says you played all over as a lineman, but you were a right tackle for three years. Yes, yep. Uh, and, and a center as a freshman. Yep, yes, sir. Not a whole lot of left guard. You know, my whole life I played center. Like, ever yeah. since I started Wee football when I was six years old, I was a center. And I finally got to right tackle my sophomore year at K-State. And, of course, through the draft process, I mean, I preached I could play every position because I truly believed it, and I did that in practice. But if we're being honest, you know, in game scenarios, I hadn't got any reps at guard. So... Uh, I got to give all the credit to Mike, Mike Lunchak. He slowed down the game for me. Uh, when you got a coach like that that says, believe in the technique that I'm teaching you and you won't get beat. And the funny part about him is if you don't do the technique, he's going to show you on film, did you do my technique? Oh, you got beat? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, he's a coach like that. He knows what it takes to win. And it's been so nice for me just to concentrate on the technique that he's teaching me. And that's helped me become a better left guard the last two months. Is it uh, true? Less space, that's the advantage? Bigger guys? is the disadvantage. Exactly. I'd say that you're not on as much of an island as a tackle every single play, and you might not be dealing with guys that are quite as athletic as those, but inside there's also a disadvantage, you know? You're going to be dealing with 370-pound men like Jonathan Hankins, and you got to learn to communicate. you got to get the call communicated to the tackle while getting the call from the center. got to make IDs. So, I mean, it, it, has, its, it has its downfalls and, um, and its advantages at the same time, but I'll tell you what, I fell in love with the, the guard position. I like it. 
coming from Wigan, small town, Colorado, not far from uh, from Denver. Uh, I think if uh, you know if if a, a few more pregnancies and you might get to 890 people in Wiggins. <laughs> yeah, with the Still, population's growing. I tell you what, yeah. I was just there yesterday on break. Yeah. And we have new developments going up everywhere. So, Is that right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we have like a whole new housing development outside of town. I'm like, wow, I need to get home. Well, there's nowhere else to go west, so yeah. they might as well go out that yes, way. Yes, uh, But what's it like? Because I would think it would be in some ways stressful. You seem to embrace it, though. The small town guy from Colorado with the hometown kid uh, most, team. Most definitely, you know, when I got drafted, I think everyone might have thought my mindset was a different way. Like I'm a second round pick and I'm entitled to something, but my mindset was a little bit different. Just growing up in Wiggins and then going to play ball in Manhattan, Kansas, for Kansas State Bill Snyder. It wasn't. It was a more of an attitude of like I got drafted in the second round. Now I have to prove that I belong here, and my coaches expect me to come in and fight for a starting job. So I want to come in and prove that I can be that guy. So of course they're stressed with it, but that's why we get paid the big bucks. That's why um, we get paid to do what we do is to come in and deal with that type of stress and perform on the field. I was just thinking of something when you said Bill Snyder. Uh, you're probably the only guy who thinks uh, Vic Fangio's a young coach. <laughs> yep, you're exactly right. And I tell you what, you get, I want to get those two coaches in a room because those guys are so similar, it's unreal. Is like, that right? Oh, yeah. My, my five years at uh, K-State, Coach Schneider, the compliments were very hard to come by. And he p continued to push me. And I've seen that in Vic Fangio every single day. He's not going to give you what you want to hear, if, even if you're doing it, right? He wants to, he wants to see how you're going to do and continue to push you. And those two are the same people. You know, as a kid, uh, the Broncos – I would think you're so young, pretty much dominated the Raiders. Yeah. You don't remember when the Raiders dominated the Broncos. Yeah, it was Mike Shanahan growing up, so they, okay. got, they got the best of the Raiders when I was watching. Any, any game you remember as a kid growing up against the Raiders? Or I, I hating them or – I remember when Rich Gannon was our quarterback. I don't know if you remember Rich Gannon. Yeah. Rich Gannon was the Raiders quarterback. I remember a ton of games with them playing. And uh, when I think of the Raiders, I think of a big, bald fan, uh, you know, 350 pounds with black and gray paint all over his face. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when we woke up on Sundays in the house and it was Raider Day, like, there's a different feel to it. I wasn't even playing. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, it's a division game, yes, but it's the Raiders. Like, uh, the black hole's a big deal. Wiggins, they got this uh, corn maze going for you out yes, there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell us about that. What the we, was, we've shot it from up above. Yeah, you guys have done a great job. I thought that was so cool you did that. I had no idea. I got a text one day from my mom and said, look at what they did for you, what Pope Farms have done. And I was like, I was shocked. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, they literally went out there and mowed my face into a cornfield and said, let's go, Big D. And uh, guys on the team were like, this is too much, man. You have too much support. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know what yeah. I mean? Every day I get a new video of a little kid that got my jersey or something like that. And uh, it's kind of hard to show up to work, not one to work hard when you have such a, a great fan base behind you. You haven't been out there? You're going to go out there and try to get lost? Oh, I'm going to try, yeah. <laughs> we'll see if Coach gives us some time, but I'll get out there sometime this fall, that's for sure. Okay, welcome back here on Cliss's Mic Drop, the, our very first podcast of the year. And again, we will have this podcast, the Cliss Mic Drop uh, podcast, every Friday during the Broncos season. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you tune in. Uh, I'm kind of new to this podcast game. I've had a lot of offers to get in it, and uh, I just uh, haven't had the time and uh, to you know to do uh, any of these type of ventures on my own. And uh, Nine News uh, was gracious enough to. Uh, to do all the heavy lifting here for me so I can just uh, stand here and, and talk into the mic and tell you my thoughts on uh, the Broncos. And uh, let's go to, uh, I tell you what, Reisner was talking there about the similarities between Bill Snyder uh, and 
who's 70-plus, right, uh, Bill Snyder? I'll try to get that uh, for you before this is over. And Vic Fangio, we know, just turned 61. And uh, I was kind of kidding that uh, Dalton Reisner is the only guy on the Broncos who thinks uh, Vic Fangio is a young coach. Uh, Bill Snyder is 79 years old. He will be 80 here in a couple weeks on October 7th, Bill Snyder. Uh, he just retired uh, <clears throat> as the um, as the head coach of Kansas State. Uh, what a run. He had two runs at Kansas State, and he just coached uh, Dalton Reisner for his five years. Fangio at 61, but very similar, very uh, spare with the compliments. And I kind of like that in a coach. You know, the uh, Clint Hurdle, the, the old Rockies manager, said uh, some guys uh, – some guys perform better with a uh, pat on a butt and uh, or, or a slap on a butt, and some uh, perform better with a with a slap on the back, slap on the back, or or whack on the butt. Uh, and the differences uh, can be like uh, 12 inches. And uh, Fangio believes kind of in the uh, whack in the butt, not much of the pat on the back. So uh, I think that's going to be good for the Broncos. Fangio's why I think the Broncos will be good overall, an improved team. But I do think it's going to be a team that starts slow. I I think the Broncos are going to get better uh, as the season goes along. I I do not think they're going to be a fast-starting team, Uh, which isn't such a bad thing. Remember, the last two years under Vance Joseph, they were 2-0 and 2-0 both years, Uh, 3-1 in his first year. And they finished five and eleven that year, two and zero again last year, and finished six and ten. So, I think these uh, early games are a little overrated. It's about how you gel, come together, how you stay healthy. We found out through the off season that the Broncos have depth issues. That's why they made seven changes. Uh, they also made a claim on a Seattle linebacker that would have made eight new guys on their roster, and uh, that would have been. Uh, that would have been something. Uh, it, it's impossible to get uh, chemistry and and really have great uh, uh, you, you know bonding among the team when you make that many changes since Friday. It started Friday with the Duke Dawson trade, and then Sunday there were uh, a couple more deals with uh, Devontae Harris signing, Corey Nelson also coming in. So uh, seven guys who the Broncos didn't have on Thursday in their last preseason game. Up next is the Raiders. And Fangio against John Gruden. I'm looking forward to that matchup. Uh, I think the Raiders are interesting because of Gruden and and Mike Mayock. It's quite the executive team there. Uh, Both of them uh, were were known for their uh, analysis skills on TV. Mayock for the NFL Network, uh, he was big with the the NFL draft and and scouting uh, prospects and ranking them and uh, quickly uh, developing a, an evaluation on all of them. And Gruden, um, of course, was known as a coach. He was a, uh analyst on uh, Monday Night Football for years, and now they're both running a franchise. It'll be interesting to see how successful they are. They sure sound uh, smart on TV, but, uh, you know, how are they in reality behind closed doors? Interesting how they build a team. I, I do think Gruden's a good coach. Um he kept that team together, even though they weren't very good and they were clearly tanking last year. I think it's one more year uh, before they're ready uh, for that move to Las Vegas next year. Uh, but I do think the Raiders have a chance to be an 8-8 eight and eight team this year and then compete for the playoffs and maybe a conference uh, 
uh, you know, uh, con- uh, playing in the conference championship game their first year in Vegas. I think they, you know, their their plan is to kind of reach the final four first year in Vegas. Flacco's going to be big in this game. Um, he's another reason to believe in the Broncos. He has to show the fan base that they have an upgrade at quarterback. Offense has been the problem for the Broncos really since uh, Peyton Manning suffered a quad strain uh, at uh, at the San Diego Chargers in 2014. So they were humming in 2014 through nine games, but those final seven games in 2014 and then all the 2015 when Manning was uh, battling uh, injury, uh, the offense was uh, has, has struggled. And uh, then Simeon, I think, uh, played well, uh, better than expectations in 2016. They didn't quite make the playoffs at 9-7, and seven, and then they really fell off, uh, as did their quarterback play the last two years. I thought Keenum was okay, really, um, but uh, I'm not sure how good the team was, uh, especially the offensive line in front of them. So Flacco is going to be the key. Antonio Brown is also – here's my – if Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown, I think the Raiders win week one against the Broncos. Again, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos start 1-2. and two. I think they'll beat the Bears, uh, lose to the Packers in Green Bay, and then beat Tennessee here at home. I think the Broncos will be 2-2 uh, two and two after four games. I just think the, it's, tough to, it's tough to tell because you don't know what the Raiders have and we don't know what the Broncos have. The Broncos' hierarchy doesn't even know with all the changes they made here in the last week to their roster. So um, if Antonio Brown is right, and he is, boy, he's an X, he's an X factor. So much drama with him, so much ta- talent, but uh, su- uh, such a big diva that you wonder how much he's going to affect that team. I, I think he's one of those guys who might negatively affect the team as the season goes on and have a great impact uh, early on. We'll see. I'm usually not too good uh, predicting the Broncos games. I'm better at evaluating what they just did rather than predicting what they're going to do. So take that with a grain of salt. But that'll do it uh, here on our very first edition of uh, the Cliss Mic Drop uh, podcast. Again, hope you enjoyed our conversation with uh, Dalton Reisner. Thank you very much to the Wiggins product. Uh, uh, go out there to that corn maze and uh, <laughs> try to get lost in there. That's uh, that's something else that a farmer would, would do that from uh, – for Dalton Reisner from the small town of Wiggins population. Uh, I, I Googled it, Googled it the other day and it's, uh, they're still not at 900 people. Um, even though they do seem to be growing on the outskirts of town. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed uh, Dalton Reisner interview and, and our analysis of the Broncos Raider game that's coming up. Also, don't forget the new stadium name M M power field at mile high. That will be, uh, uh, in a, in action official, that'll be the official name of the stadium uh, for the game against the Bears, the home opener, September 15th. So rip up those game programs, Broncos. Give, a, give me a rewrite. And uh, that'll do it for today's edition. We'll talk to you the next time. <laughs>